Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Bob DeCordy, welcome to The Mentor. Good to be here. All the way from Perth. Yes, a long way. Wow. So let's go back a bit. You're from originally from Austria? Correct, yes. Yeah. When did you come out to Australia and why did you come out to Australia? Uh, well, we first came out, oh my goodness, uh, I think it was 84. Um, my then husband is an engineer and was needed in the mining industry. So we came out for a year and then we absolutely fell in love with Perth and um it became home. So then we went back for about one and a half years to get our citizen, uh, or a visa to permit and to stay there. Uh, came back, loved it, and that's pretty much it. Well, you then know? where did Enyo come from? My son's asthma. He suffered very badly from asthma. So when you as a parent see your child not being able to breathe uh, and those big blue eyes look at you like, mommy, help me, and on the way to hospital, you go like, oh, my goodness, there must be a way I can help this child. So I started to eliminate anything in the household, milk, um, weed, anything which which I at the time knew because he didn't Google. Mark is now 40 and you couldn't go to Google, what, what do I do? So you, by elimination. Uh, then we went up to Austria for three weeks, stayed in a house which was purely clean with Enya. Middle of winter, smog dirty Europe as, as it can be. And the child never had an asthma attack. So we came back home. I cleaned my house from, from, you know, scrubbed it down because we had people staying there and disinfected everything. Same night, Mark had an asthma attack. Ended up in hospital and that was the eye opener for me. You saying in relation to your son, there's an association between um, his allergies and or asthma. So I guess yeah. he's a, an allergic asthmatic. Yeah as opposed to a viral asthmatic, oh, yes. you eliminated it down to him him having an allergy in relation to chemicals that you may have been using in the house at the time. Correct. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I get myself some products from Austria um, and started cleaning my own house with it. And lo and behold, his asthma became less and less and less. And uh, because he usually had asthma on a Saturday night. And I went like, why is it usually so severe on a Saturday night? Well, of course. Being a working mom, I cleaned Saturday. 
I scrubbed the bathroom. I used the bleach. I used all the, the chemicals in the world because I wanted to destroy every little bug which could cause my son's asthma. So uh, not being educated enough. And then suddenly I realized, oh, my God, I was slowly but surely actually causing my son's asthma. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, the more through elimination, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is actually you. It's not uh, pollens or uh, the environment. The chemicals you bring into your home is suffocating your child. So I eliminated that. His asthma became less and less. started to share the story with uh, other moms. And no, sorry, how did you share? Because there's no Facebook then. So talking. Just just word of mouth. Word of mouth because Mark went swimming, uh, so to strengthen his, his lungs and his breathing. Uh, sports, uh, because uh, he, he did everything despite his asthma because outside it didn't come on. It was always brought on in a household situation. So, uh, so my business was actually built on empathy for those moms and children which had asthma or, or eczema or, or any allergens because I thought, my goodness, I know this product now works. I felt it really like my responsibility to bring it into Australia. Despite not, I would say, um, have an entrepreneurial brain, but I mean, I was just finding my feet in Australia, you know, and, uh, you know, relearning everything. My, my degree from Austria wasn't worth anything here. And, finding out who I wanted to be in this country. And then this came along and I thought, oh, it's, you, you need to bring it in because if you don't do it, nobody knows about it yet and we can't help those, those, those children or parents that helps your lifestyle. And this is how it started. Who invented What's the history behind all this? Uh, the history behind this is very, very simple. Uh, the uh, Johannes's angle, which is Enyo comes from Engel Johannes. Uh, his father was an inventor and he invented uh, copper socks or copper and socks knitted out of copper. In uh, order what, to co- copper? Copper, yeah. So As in the metal? As in the metal, yeah. He knitted it in, in, in the wool because he knew uh, copper being, um, you know, medicinal. So he made socks out of it together with wool. So he interwove copper yeah, inside the wool socks? Yeah, into the socks, yeah. So uh, because our fibres literally made in – it's a little bit like the Silicon Valley of uh, fiber technology and yarns and fabrics where our our products are manufactured. So a lot of the industry comes out of this little corner of the world and it gets a patent there and they get sold in off. In Austria. In Austria, get sold off all over the world. So microfibers were then um, – already a known quantity and we knew already it got used for clothing and other things. But he saw on a Lake Constance near Switzerland and Austria, uh, there was always an oil slick after every weekend from from the leisure bo- uh, boats and, and yachts and whatever. So he, and then they put chemicals on it and do, and the chemicals and the whole lot sank to the, uh, to the floor, underground. And the fish started dying. So he thought, okay, have a big, huge carpet of microfibers because we know microfibers uh, expel water but keep the dirt in because it's hollow microfiber. And there's a whole nother lesson. And um, so he had this idea, soaking up the oil and... Um, Putting a mat over. A mat over, soaking up the oil and the water goes back in, in, into the lake, which he invented. Uh, and then Oh, he actually did this. He did this. Yeah. 
And then he kept practicing this and using it in, in the bathtub. So he put all oils in and uh, grease and stuff like that. And uh, his wife had a bit of enough of that. She said, every, every day my bathtub is like looking like this. So she found one of, uh, of literally just a rag and started cleaning the, the bathtub with it. And lo and behold, it worked. Then the inventor in him went, oh, my goodness, this actually can be used for cleaning. And this is how it started with one product. And it started 33 years ago. Um, he again put it aside because he was like, mm, it's working, next, next invention. So his son then took it over and uh, made it into uh, the cleaning products we know today. So this cloth here, rag, whatever you call it. Um, I, we do call it cloth because it's cool too cloth. expensive for a rag. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, feels nice, but it's made of nothing more than microfiber. Yes. Yeah. Is microfiber, I mean, tell me, I don't know, is microfiber um, cotton or what is it or is it some other type? Of- it starts literally as a little plastic kernel because microfibers are plastic. Right. But you can, uh, ours are, you can make uh, – Microfibers is a fiber which is just have a, has a very uh, it's very thin. So has a certain thinness, then it's called microfibers, which is uh, which is just the, the industry norm. So we we use plastic uh, because you can split it numerous times, uh, and that way uh, it, it's it's actually a plastic product. So the beautiful thing with ours is that that we actually be manufactured with virgin plastic because it needs the less amount of energy and water to manufacture. And then we upcycle. So for instance, after two years, this, this cloth had its, its lifespan. It goes back to Austria at this stage. Um, and then it will be upcycled. It might be car seats. It might be insulation. It might be t-shirts. So, uh, they then basically upcycle it to another product, which has another lifespan because microfibers in itself, um, as we heard of microplastics, they might up in in the and in, in the sea and and so forth, but in our case, when you clean your whole house for three years with all our products, you end up with seven grains of rice ending up going into into the sea, because of the high quality is made. Because there's some cheap nasty microfibers out there. First, it doesn't work as well don't uh, last as long, and secondly, they pollute uh, the the waterways. And we eat then those microfibers. In the fish or something. Yeah. So just take this one here, for example, like yeah. um, this green one here. Um, what, what is that for? What, what would you use? This, this is for? an everyday cloth. So basically you would use it instead of paper towels, you use it instead of sponges. This will replace in its lifetime about 100 sponges. So a sponge, after about a week, you should replace it. And because of the bacteria? A bacteria. Yeah. You can't wash it. It deteriorates. It, it like starts shit. smelling. Yeah. yeah, ends up in landfill. Now, yeah. just imagine one cloth like this replacing uh, over 100 of those and paper towel, which have plastic in it. Um, it is not only a great value financially, but also you use no chemicals. And secondly, no landfill. So by default, using Enyo, we are a dark green company. We're just working on B Corp right now. We, we're up to the second stage. And so we as a company are a dark green. You, you scratch our, our surface, there's nothing light green. So when I mean dark green, is we, we live it every day. So by default, when the customer purchases our product, they also uh, purchasing a dark green product. So it's not like you purchase my product and uh, then the company becomes green. We're already green. We help the customer or, or, or to make a better choice that it cleans because without saying you don't survive for 33 years. Let's say I'm, 
I'm going to use this to wipe the sink down in the well, kitchen. Well, basically, let's just play. So now what do I do with it? Do Nothing. I have to wash it? Wash it? You, you just can clean it all day long and in the evening you chuck it in the washing machine. You put it in the washing machine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And the washing machine removes it yeah. and sends it to work yeah. down, the, down to the sewerage. Literally comes out of the washing machine pretty dry Yeah. because, again, it is designed to get rid of water very quickly. So when it comes out of the washing machine, it's just damp and yeah. then you just hang it over a kitchen uh, yeah. tab and yeah. off you go and again to the bathroom. And then you can use this for three, three years. Uh, yeah, it depends. I mean, if you yeah. use it 100,000 times a day, yeah, it yeah. might only last yeah. two two, you know, uh, two years. It really depends. We say about 200 washes. So, and we recommend you wash it every day um, if you use it every day. And then uh, scientifically proven that we clean six times better than conventional cleaning methods. So it will still clean within three years. It might, will still clean 300 washes, but not six times better. Yeah, yeah. So when we had the pandemic, um, people said, oh, well, how, what do I do now about disinfecting? What people didn't realise is you have to clean before you disinfect. Yep. Because if the surface is dirty, the disinfectant uh, doesn't work uh, or doesn't work as well. And to disinfect, you have to leave it on for 10 minutes. With Enyo, because you, you clean, six times cleaner, and then you dry off, we have done uh, the tests with disinfecting and with Enyo. Enyo will actually have less bacteria on it than uh, something which has been disinfected. So it's it's quite and, and do you use it on your skin or you can We have some for skin as well, yeah. yes. So you, you use it as a face wash, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. or a hand dryer. Uh you uh, I actually sent you some. Uh, the, the, the face one, not just next level, um, because it keeps the natural oils uh, in the skin, uh, but also uh, because you're not using chemicals, you don't dry your skin out, which is great for anti-aging, for, uh, for eczema, uh, acne, and all those things. So we have two lines. We have Enyo, the cleaning products for the whole household inside and out, and the car, and even luxury cars. And then we have the skincare, which is called Sante. Sante. Sante, yeah, and, like. and and but it's the same concept though. hundred percent. Just looks yeah. a bit different, uh, yeah. I guess. It looks a bit more less like a washcloth and more like something you use on your skin. Yep, correctly. Yeah. You discovered this product in uh, Austria. Yeah. Then you uh, decided that you were going to bring it to Australia. I mean, how did you bring it to Australia? I mean, you're, you don't own Enyo, so what's the deal? Did you say, I want a distribution rights or how did it work? Well, my then husband, uh, he came from a background of um, – uh, business-minded people. He, he he was from a totally different background than I am. I grew up on a little farm in nowhere land in Austria, gorgeous area, but it was not something you didn't grow up in an entrepreneurial spirit and you didn't get taught, oh, my God, you can be anything in the world. Well, he's an engineer it. too, isn't he? But, well, he's yeah, an engineer. He's an engineer. So he understood all those yeah, things. Yeah. And for me, uh, I thought, for me, really, it started all of, out of empathy. It's it's literally, and this is, it sounds I must say it sounds a bit pathetic uh, at times when I explain to people, why did you start uh, the business? It's literally this passion and, and this to want to help those, 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 those people. And it wasn't, I want, didn't want to become a millionaire. And I still remember my husband saying to me, oh, my God, you know, uh, I said, well, how many of those do you want to sell? But, well, I tell you what, if after three years or four years we sell $50,000 worth of amounts, I would be very happy. And he just looked at me and he said, it's not even worthwhile the plane ticket then. 
So we discussed it and um, he was an engineer, so he had his job anyway as it was in computing. And he said, well, if we're going to do it, you're going to do it. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. My God, we can be, I'll just do it. And uh, because you love it so much, everybody else will love it. So went to Austria, went to the manufacturer and or gave him a call before and no internet back then. Uh, my God, make myself sound so old, don't I? <laughs> yeah, it is like really, you know, when I say, no, oh, there was no internet, you know, and uh, it's like saying to my granddaughters, you can't use an iPad and they go like, well, do you want me to write by hand? <laughs> so uh, They can't write. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, went to Austria, met, um, met Johannes well, how, how did that conversation go though? How do you bring up a dude from uh, Enyo in Austria, uh, like a country girl living in Australia, Perth, which they probably never heard of Perth. No, he didn't. And uh, and uh, hi, I'm, can I come and talk to you? I mean, yeah. How did that conversation go? Tell me how that went. Oh, well, I basically just said, yeah, I just came across your product in Austria while I, while I was on holidays and it did this for my son and uh, I think I can uh, sell that here in Australia uh, because there are so many people with asthma and uh, allergies and uh and also, and at the time uh, in Australia, we were so far behind with, with uh, any sustainability or, or uh, environment. I mean, I was six years old in Austria when they removed plastic bags. You didn't, you had to pay 10 cents for a plastic bag. And we how old I'm now, 59. Uh, so we're talking 53 years ago. Yeah, we just removed them now. Yeah, I mean, insane. And as then uh, when it comes, you know, we haven't got anything here in Australia. And, um, and he's, you know, he said, well, come up and let's have her talk. And I said, yeah, sure. And he had a little office only and um, he were in a few countries already, highly successful. And then he saw me and to this day he said to me, uh, it wouldn't matter what you, uh, you said. He's, he always gets sucked in by my enthusiasm for what the product does for people's lives. And for me, the, the, the income is wonderful. It, it afforded me a lifestyle like never before. But I didn't say, well, I'm going to sell this product because I'm going to be a millionaire. It was, I knew I will, when this is successful, I will also enhance my, my financial position. So anyway, we had the conversation. I saw him and I looked at him and I went like, oh, my God, he looks like my least favourite brother. And literally, I look alike. How many brothers and sisters you got? I have seven. Seven, okay. Yeah, I'm oh. the oldest of eight. So he's look, he was he was at number seven, so he wasn't he wasn't that popular oh, in no. your eyes. No, I wasn't. And um, and and now I got okay, just just by, look look past it, you know. It's okay, you know. He's a, he's four years younger than I am. And um, and he made us inappropriate jokes, and he still makes them, by the way, and he knows it. And um, so this young woman stands in front of him. I was just uh, thirty years old, and um, and he and had I knew what I wanted to do, but he said, "What is your business plan?" And I sell it. You know, <laughs> what else? I have an accounting background. So, and he said, well, how are you going to sell it? And I said, well, what's the best way to sell it? I think is demonstrating to people how it works. Because if you have hanging this, this hanging in your shop first, you need to get in your shop, nobody will buy it. I, I want to demonstrate it to people. And so this is where then direct sales was born. So not multi-level, which is totally different. It's a consumer goods, uh, multi-level. Uh, we are just one tier direct selling. So it means you sell, you earn, there's nothing in between. So anyway, so explained to him how I'm going to do it. And he said, yeah, you need to buy for at least $50,000 worth. And as well, I haven't got $50,000. I have $43,000. 
and uh, and and how much? Then I said to him, then the accountant kicked in. I said, how much is delivery? And then he said, well, five thousand dollars. And I said, well, now I'm down to thirty-eight thousand dollars. I can buy thirty-eight thousand dollars worth of goods. And then um, he, I, then he gave me what he wanted me to buy, and I said to him, I actually would like to talk to somebody who's already selling the product. And there was an Austrian distributor. Spoke to him. He gave me what he recommended. He gave me the recommended retail price and everything. He educated me on the product, and I'm forever grateful to him. Uh, Balta is his name, and this is how we started. So he accepted the thirty-eight thousand dollar yes um, order. Yep. And uh, you paid all the rest of the money, the five thousand yep. dollars to get it delivered yep. to Australia. Um, I, I want to go quick to go to the break, but I want to come back and I actually want to talk to you about um the difference between the way you distribute your product, that is um sort of direct marketing yeah. versus what people call multi-marketing or multi-layered marketing. Mm-hmm. What's the difference, which is sort of the thing that Amway does and a few of those yeah. other organisations, uh, Tupperware, et cetera, um, because I'm really interested to know how you ended up being able to demonstrate this to people and, and how the demonstration process went on because that can be a long and laborious system. Back then, now you can do it on YouTube and various other yeah. places, but back then. So we go to the break and come straight back. Great. Thank you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What I'm curious about is... Uh, pre-digital, 20-odd years, nearly 30 years, how are you going to, what's your business plan, or more importantly, how are you going to distribute this? So tell me how you started off distributing it. How, how did you go about it? Because you've got a big barrel full of $38,000 worth of gear. You just arrived in Australia, you probably got pretty excited when it got here and you've got probably boxes everywhere in your house somewhere, I guess. Um, yes. And uh, you go, shit, okay. And I just spent $43,000, whatever <laughs> it is, because uh, I had to get a cent here. I've got all these boxes everywhere around me and uh, husband's overlooking your shoulders and what the fuck, you know, what are yeah, you doing? Exactly. Are you crazy? Yeah. Um, how do you, how'd you go about it? Um, well, this is the, the, the interesting part is when you uh, choose a, a model, you have to believe it in yourself. And I chose direct selling because I truly believe seeing is, uh, seeing is believing. You cannot expect uh, consumers uh, to change from uh, a lifetime or especially after the war from chemical cleaning uh, and uh, without educating that water and, and fiber technology can work just as well, if not better, and is actually better for your health. 
um, and your lifestyle and also cheaper in cheaper, the long run. Cheaper, better for the environment. Yeah. It's got, it's got ticks, everything. Everything. And um, so I started talking to people. I must say that when I came home, I sat down with my, my then husband and we worked out a business plan. We worked out approximately how much we have to sell. Um, we worked out uh, the, the commission plan, how much um, I would earn because it was important because I, I, I also earned an income. And then uh, I had a little brochure made. I went to a home show. and um, a home show, you mean like an exhibition? Exhibition. And yep. I stood there in very high heels for seven days. So you, bought, so you purchased a kiosk or yep. like a stand? Yep. And I still remember it was $2,000 back then, which was a uh, a lot of money. Totally. And um, and I stood there, as I said, for a whole week and had really no takers. Was, it this, was this an exhibition, sorry to interrupt, but was this an exhibition to um, vendors of your product or was this an exhibition to consumers? To punters, yeah, yeah to, 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 to the consumer. The consumer, it was like a typical, a typical home show, you know, where yeah. you had from the couches to cheap uh, brush, hair brushes to vacuum cleaners, uh, vacuum blah, blah, blah. cleaners and the sprukers. I, I wasn't in the spruker area. And um, and I just stood there demonstrating the product back and forth. And then when I said, when people said to me, well, how much is your floor cleaner? And I would say the floor cleaner, the whole floor cleaning system is $110. And they went like, thank you very much. And uh, that's expensive. And I said, yes, it is. And that was not a good line to say, to be quite honest. Uh, Explained all the benefits, but people weren't interested because um, I wasn't eloquent enough at that stage to actually talk beyond asthma, beyond health, beyond uh, environment. I only talked about the things I was passionate about, that not everybody has asthma, not everybody has all those things. It's, 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 it's not um, – at, at the time, I was more passionate about it than actually more strategic so anyway, I stood there. The direct uh, selling model served as well. We then became part of the direct selling association. And we were from day one, we wanted to be direct selling. Direct selling just means that um, the difference is in multi-level. You have to sign people on. So the people you sign on also the, is the customer. The customer becomes also the vendor. The, the vendor. This, I didn't want this. I, didn't, I want people to earn an honest income. You work, you earn. And as, as simple as that. It is not like, oh, well, you were lucky. You, you brought 10 other people on your neighbors and everything. They sell for you and then you earn the money. So it was always about um, you earn as much as possible, up to 41%. On, 41% on, commission. Yes, yep. on sales, uh, depending on, on, on the yeah, tier. Volumes. Volumes, and we never have actually strayed from that. We do uh, give you a bonus if, if you introduce somebody, but with that, your responsibility is finishes. just finishes. Yeah, because I'm not in the people business. I'm, uh, or I am actually in the people business to educate people, but I'm not uh, here to bring people on board uh, as my main focus. My main focus is to get this amazing product out to the customer. And uh, and we also very we were one of the few uh, companies who are very selective who we work with, so you can't just come and sign on for Enio because uh, I might want to make it work or uh, I give it a try or I give it a go. What have I got to lose? It's my, one of my pet hates when somebody says that because you have to lose everything. Anything you have to educate people or you have to educate yourself, 
you have to lose your time, which is the most precious commodity anybody ever has. So saying I have nothing to lose is just not not really up my street. You would appoint, let's call it an agent. Maybe you call it an agent. Mm. I don't yeah, know. we call it agency agreement. Someone to be an agent. Yeah. So they would sign an agency agreement. Yep, 100%. And then they in turn would make an order from you mm-hmm. um, and then you would send to them, you know, a thousand cloths and then they would sell those thousand cloths to somebody else, uh, to the consumer. Uh, we worked out the soliciting orders. So right. basically basically, I always wanted to be in control of my retail yep. price. I always also wanted the customer's addresses and information. And therefore, my agency agreement is that you only solicit orders for Enya and we have to accept the, uh, the order. So we, from day one, got every customer's name, address, email address, now email address, because I realized very early data is king. And I also wanted to know back then when the fax is coming, what do people purchase? Because if people just purchase a floor cleaner and there's another, this doesn't clean your house. This makes absolutely no difference. You clean the floor. So what? To make a huge impact on people's lives, you really need to convert the whole home. So I was from day one sitting there, my then 10-year-old son, he would go um, and he would actually put addresses in the computer because they were very good on computers back then already, kids. Yeah. So, so might you're as just well doing your data entry. Data entry. And I looked at data and I would write with my accent and my my unique English, I would write to customers, you know, are you happy with your product? And um, well, not quite as simple, are you using your product? It was always my line. Because the most important thing to us at Enio here is that you use your product. And if you're happy, uh, how can we now help you to convert the next room, your bathroom, your kitchen, your floors, your car, your outdoors. So I did this pretty much from day one. And now, of course, everything is automated, um, you know, and uh, this is why it is still to this day very important to me to get all the information. And we're only one of two companies, two excellent companies in Australia I know of who actually capture the data. All the others are playing catch-up. Um, where because data is king and um, to create customer loyalty, you have to think customer first. What is the customer's needs? How do you find out what the customer's needs are? You ask. And the customer is so used to asking. They are so used to getting inf- uh, they getting great information, not just about any about lifestyle, healthy food. What is the latest uh, trends in 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 foods? What what? How do we now deal with the change after 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 COVID? You know, and we help them through COVID and and things like that. So it's more a lifestyle. So our customer, we have a very loyal customer because we have connected to them forever. And this was always very important to me because were, that's where my empathy comes in again and for the lack of a better word. But I learned this from one of your uh, people who were on because I was saying my business is actually built on empathy. I didn't realize it unless, until I listened to that podcast of yours. I said, that's what it is. This is why I sometimes get taken for a ride because I don't necessarily always see straight away through people because I, I go like, oh, yeah, you know, I can't understand why you wouldn't want this product. It's wonderful. It works for you. makes your life better. I think what's important about that too, Barb, is that you, you, you re, you've you remained connected to your customer. Yes. Uh, as opposed to deferring that, call it obligation or, or right, privilege, 
to your distributor or your agent. Um, and just on the agency thing, they're not franchises, they're agents. Um, how do you choose them? Is it sort of a rigorous system or do they just make an application and say, hi, you know, we'd like to sell your product in um, Balmain in Sydney mm. or in um, Cottesloe in Perth? What did you do? So basically how it works is very simple. You, uh, we call you an Enya Pure customer, which basically this is the, the people we want to work with. We want to uh, work with people who get us. It's not much point coming to me. I want to sell Enya when you have never used it. So it's not, as I said, it's not a business just to make money because, quite frankly, you will make very little if you just money uh, if you just do it f- for the money because uh, people see through this and it's it's so we basically go, you put an application forward why you think you want to run an any business, then we ask you for educate what education you had, what experience you had, then we ask questions like uh, stickability. Um, for instance, have you ever started something you felt very passionate about it and stuck to it? Um, I, I will never ask negative question. You know, like have you ever bought a membership, uh, gym membership, but never gone? And this this is just not. I, I'm really, I always ask, what what do you have been sticking to? Because when you ignite passion in people and a purpose, they will stick to it. And you see it all the time if it comes to weight loss, if it comes to certain circumstances, you know, where people really get passionate about it, like crazy runners like me. Uh, and, and we just do it. it. This is just because it's innate in you and you feel good about it. And this is what we're looking for in people as well. You do not need having any business experience, but you need to be self-motivated. My job is not to motivate because I can't motivate you. This is this has to come from within. So we educate you. We have a training portal. We have seven mentors and coaches nowadays, which are available to our entrepreneurs. So basically, um, you uh, get designated. Uh, you get. Uh, put together with a person and then we say, okay, this personality style is better suited to this, this person with their needs, two kids, um, five or husband and all the things. So they need different education, how to run their business than somebody, single um, woman, 35, um, career driven, has a corporate job, wants to do it as a side hustle. Somebody wants to do it full time. So we basically match people up because it's not much point me talking to somebody with three children and, and, and going, you know, oh, you can do a little bit more, you know, um, because, you know, it's quite easy, you know, in the, in the evening you just sit there and you do this. It's bullshit. It doesn't work like that. So we, we again, ask the question, how would you like to be supported? And people go like, oh, you, you, you give me the support I need. And I said, yeah, of course. We are business partners. I'm nothing without you, you know. And our job is help you to succeed. So that's why we're very selective because everybody who joins our company has expectations. My expectations are irrelevant. If that particular person uh, sticks to the rules where we say, well, the most important thing is that we create any pure homes. We do not sell one product here and one product here. Some people might choose over three months to become any pure. They have a journey. Some people might just buy the whole uh, caboodle for a thousand bucks and, and start off that way. So, um, but we teach them that journey and you need to have the preparedness to actually connect with the customer. That is so important. And we do all the EDMs for entrepreneurs. We do emails for them, templates and everything. And then they can, of course, they can uh, make it their own with their own language. But not many people are writers. 
So when somebody starts a new business, you need to be an administrator. You need to have, you need to have uh, the hold stock. You need to worry that the bank is coming. Uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you hold no stock because we actually, you know, because you can only order what you already have have solicited or, or sold. So um, it's relatively risk free. The only risk our people have is themselves, and if they follow the bouncy ball. You cannot succeed. It's, it's nearly impossible. But of course, there's, there's always people who uh, have to overcome certain aspects of their life. Um, their personal issues. Personal issues, which, which I can't help. You and can't fix that, no. No. So how many agents would you have now? Uh, currently about 600. In Australia? Yeah, in, in Australia. And um, again, the, the, it sounds all very simple when I already started a business then. We, after three years into Enyo, we lost everything. We owned our cars, we owned our, our house. And then everyone like, shit, this is not as easy as we thought. The first year really sold well, but what you don't know, you don't know. So we had uh, to learn. And then, so. What was the biggest lesson you learned? What was the most, uh, most punishing thing you got that you never forgot? For me, Pride comes before the fall, not admitting that you're in deep shit mm. and pretending to the rest of the world, oh, it's everything is just fabulous. Mm. You know, look at us, you know, we're doing really well and you don't. First, people can see through it. And secondly, then uh, we had these beautiful offices and all these things after one year and, you know, and then we had to bring it all home. So the few entrepreneurs I had, I, we, we converted the garage, we did all those things, sold the house, could lease it back, thank goodness, and um, sold the cars, we, or had to lease the cars, all those things. Suddenly we had all these debts, like $300,000 worth of debts, and which is great in hindsight because that's where the learning started because you have this number on here now, so we're not playing anymore, we're not playing shop anymore, we actually... Uh, need to set a budget. I rang up Delstra. I rang up the council. I rang up everybody and said, I need to pay an installment. It took me five years to pay back one uh, Delstra. Uh, Delstra, I had such a long uh, phone um, debt that because everything was done over phone and fax. So it took me five years to pay it off. And um, because once I was in a payment plan, I was in no rush. To, so what this, I put this sum here because I said, okay, this money, I need better here, okay? And uh, so I, I became much more budget-driven. And but, also become good at shuffling money around. Oh, seriously, mm. it's just the best. Um, so then after that, learned great things, started growing and started growing exponentially. I mean, we went from $50,000 uh, a month, which was me wanting to stop, um, to... $300,000 a month about within a year. And suddenly within, within one year, we had a $1 million a month. We outgrew, we had no stock, nothing. We had no staff. Uh, and um, it, w it was just absolutely, it was probably one more painful than actually having nothing. Because you... you, you Sometimes you grow too fast. Yeah. Second year, $50 million. Third year, $100 million. Well, have it made. 
company came, wanted to buy us out for 75 million. I knocked it back, not my husband, um, my then husband, and I knocked it back because I can build this much bigger. Okay, so I was right up there, flying high. In, in the meantime, my husband wanted to take the money and um, he was ready to do something different or, or semi-retire. Despite being very young, we only were in our 40s. He was 46, I was 40. And then, no, no, no. I can build this to 200 million in a year. I had it all mapped out, written down, fabulous. And then, literally within a year, we went from a 15 million profit down to a 6 million loss. What caused that? I didn't know how I built it, so I couldn't keep it. Because something new shiny came along. And our consultants decided, okay, this is some new uh, shiny thing coming along. I started selling this. Your agents, your agents, yeah. yeah. Customer care was out the window. Customer loyalty was out the window. My connection to the customer, I didn't even know my own entrepreneurs. I was in Sydney with 750 distributors out of 2,500 consultants or entrepreneurs. And I still remember being in the lift and saying to somebody, how are you finding uh, this conference? And the person says, no idea who you are. Hmm. And I said, aren't you an annual consultant? And they said, no. I didn't know my own people. So those total touch of reality. You have so much money. You have, you, you don't know what to do with it. We, we bought buildings, we built buildings and, and things like that. So it wasn't wasted. We didn't go and, but you start a frivolous lifestyle, you know, suddenly you drive a Porsche or a Mercedes and, and uh, it is literally because money means nothing. It, you, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Made a lot of donations as well. We were always very generous like that. At that stage of my marriage broke up as well. So this totally rattled all the distributors uh, or entrepreneurs uh, because they were going to have marriages breaking up. Copies started to come out uh, with oats and Sapco. They make copies sold into shops for like $10 and ours was $40. So it was the perfect storm created by myself. And so, wow, I nearly took our manufacturer down with us because he kept manufacturing the way I was selling. I had a warehouse full of stock for two years at the rate I was selling. So then we all had an emergency meeting, um, started selling assets off, um, which is quite difficult at the time because nobody wanted to buy. And um, a divorce happened. And in hindsight, I actually think I had a nervous breakdown in hindsight. At the time, it was just like still as anything up here and my, my, my legs were going like crazy. Sunniston was a teenager then and, um, or he was, turning, I, nearly, I was nearly 20 at the time. And then he was, was my fault, the divorce, because I was never home and everything. And so it became this perfect storm. But the learnings were when you rebuild is make sure you know how you do it. You know, it's, it's, if you don't know how you achieved your success in the first place, you can't replicate it. Yeah. 
You cannot, and you throw all your values out the window. Suddenly, all this passion and this altruism became all about uh, turnover, um, uh, bringing people on, uh, and and you know, um, bigger conferences or a conference. We have to have the whole island to to ourselves and things like that. You you become this crazed person. We were always very generous, but it doesn't matter where you spend your money, you know. So we went, um, had a loss. Uh, banks have immediately uh, the overdraft within uh, two weeks. They were coming and said, sorry, your overdraft of two million has just been reduced to one million. Oh, thank you very much. How long have I got time to pay the million back? Well, we want it straight away. And I said, well, we might as well just kill us now. So I always have very good, honest conversation with banks, uh, with, with suppliers. I would literally authentically say, hey, this is the situation. I know I can work myself out of this. Watch me the next six months, how much I can pay you back. Happy with a million dollars, not happy, but I, I get it. You get cold feet, I get cold feet too, get it. Um, watch me, I pay you back so and so much every month. If I do this, can you give me six months uh, to do that? And after that, can we work on a two-year plan? And they accepted. So I had six months and then I had time to pay that million, so they reduced it to a million. And then uh, we slowly but surely started to recover. Never ever did a great height. So we haven't been uh, back then there ever uh, at this stage. Um, we will get back there over the next couple of years. But the learnings was everything comes, comes at a cost. Just make sure that the cost gives you value. I could look back and go like, oh, my God, that was a fucking awful time of my life. But I look back, my goodness, how I have grown. And this is why my marriage finished, because I had grown so much into my own power, for the lack of a better word, um, that I, I, I just knew I couldn't have the same people around me because they were going, you know what, let's just sell it. You know, we have enough stock here. If we sell this now for 50% off, we can have this empty. We walk away with a, uh, with a few million and we just ask them, and I said, no, 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 no. This is not what I want for this brand. This brand needs to be around for the future, for people, uh, for lifestyle. This is, this is a brand people need. This is not a luxury. I'm not selling lipsticks. I'm not selling uh, pipe dreams. I have a product which cleans six times better than anything else. And yes, I'm taking Goliaths on in the Brockton Gamblers, Gamble and then Unilevers. But so be it. Somebody has to take them on. And you know what? Probably only 10% of, of the population will ever resonate with our product. The rest will just wait till the government makes some rules that we're not allowed to use plastic bottles anymore to bring our chemicals on or, or something. Or sponges. Or sponges, exactly. I mean, it took us 100 years to do the plastic bag. It's funny because I think your explanation about all this is maybe I'll probably buy this. How do I buy it now? Do online. I have to go through your distributor? No, you can't Or I, I can just go online? It, it's, and it's E-N-J-O. Dot com dot au. Mm -hmm. That's it, yeah. and it's pretty simple. And I just order online, mm -hmm. just like I buy anything else online during Correct. during the COVID yeah. period, which is me. I was buying everything um, online. I know you did. <laughs> I was buying stuff everywhere, left, right, and center. Um, so I appreciate you telling us um, your honesty and your frankness about um, how sometimes we can get carried away with um, how well we're doing, how yes. well we think we're doing, but also you're still here, you're still standing. Yeah, you got a divorce out of it, but I guess sometimes these things happen. 
Um, but Australians are still using your product. Um, you still got distribution yet? You're still doing dis- direct distribution as well? So one question I have for you before I ask, offer you to ask me a question if you would like, but one question I have for you, how do you manage the conflict between selling online and having distributors? How do you manage the channel conflict? Uh, there is actually no conflict because if you have bought from an entrepreneur before, uh, you select the entrepreneur online or actually the oh, computer system matches it. Even if the yep. customer forgot your name, we match it to you and you earn income. Right. The same amount. So they as, get paid anyway. They get paid anyway. So you, so your online business just picks up new customers. Yeah. If we pick up new customers, the new customers uh, purchase it through us and then uh, that particular new customer gets uh, gets then as, sent out as a lead to an entrepreneur in the area. Right, so, to a postcode. To a postcode. So everybody, every customer we want to have connected to an entrepreneur because my I don't want to earn money, uh, you know, uh, by taking away from others. Mm. This, this is not who I am and it doesn't sit well for, uh, for me. So my entrepreneur, my, our entrepreneurs should earn again for the effort. Yeah. And uh, if they do great customer service, some of them will turn over $15,000 a month and and just you, with the database they have got, they do not go out and uh, broken new new customers, and uh, some of them will go out and bring new and also it's a real hybrid. And if you start up brand new, um, it's easy now online as well because a lot of it does get done online nowadays. And I think uh, COVID was actually quite fortunate for us in that regard because you have a certain tenure in your entrepreneurs which always find it difficult to change uh, but COVID we had no choice and suddenly something which could have been a long drawn out winded thing became literally within a week and now of course Jen um, the millennials uh, X, Y and Z uh, Z they they just love it they do business online and we have videos you, you, you can yeah, it's an education it. program basically exactly Barbara you got any question you want to ask me yeah, um, uh, you know, I was fascinated. You did the shoey, and uh, <laughs> I thought in, it would be interesting to find out because, you know, we're all talking about equality and stuff like that. How has it changed doing business for a bloke nowadays? Because obviously we all had to adopt. I sometimes think it would have taken a, a lot of having to change the approach, the way you do things as well, because you want to be, well, you blokes are blokes and you want to be part of the la- uh, lads. And I said to my, my, my uh, girls, uh, I said, I'm going to bring my shoe, my beautiful brother shoe and a bottle of champagne and do a shoey with Mark. And they said, you wouldn't dare. And I said, no, but I'm going to ask you, how has it changed for, for male? Well, it has changed. It's changed a lot. There, there's an expectation um, from a male, well, it's two parts. First, there's an expectation of the way that we have to be. Um, so in other words, we can't be too blokey if we're a brand I'm talking about. I'm not talking about in a personal sense or yeah, a societal no. sense, just in a business sense. Um, there's an expectation, I think, that um, we can't be too blokey. But at the same time, there's also an expectation that we sort of don't capitulate mm-hmm. as well in favour of, let's call it the minorities who are pushing something that they have an agenda for. So, and to be honest with you, I don't have any difficulty with it because on one hand I can do a shoey um, with uh, Tai Tuovasa 
um, no problem. Very blokey thing to do and I can promote his um, drink waste beer too for that matter. Again, a very blokey thing to do and talk rugby league. But at the same time, what I have learnt is that, and I learnt this as a kid anyway, my mother taught me this stuff, you you must have equal amount of respect for everybody in the room, whether it's male, female or mm. otherwise. So I sort of respect everybody and I don't have any difficulty in understanding the lay of the, the land. In other words, the lay of the consumer, the lay of the customer out there, the, there's, there's expectations they have of everything that I do. So if I want to be successful, I have to meet their expectations. You said it earlier on. Um, you need to know what customers think. That's mm-hmm. what you need to know. It doesn't matter what you think or what your entrepreneur, entrepreneur thinks or your consultants think. Yeah. It's what does the customer think and what does the customer want from you and how do they want you to evolve in terms of product. Mm. I, I'm more a brand so I have to see how my customer wants me to evolve and as long as it doesn't breach my principles, yeah. then I'm happy with it. Mm. So I will not um, stop drinking from um, tied to a vase's shoe. <laughs> because I like that. I think it's fun. And I'll I do agree. It, and I, I just, agree. Do, just do it for the fun of it. But equally, I don't feel in any way challenged in a principal sense by respecting uh, females or people who identify with any other type of gender mm. for that matter because I believe in that as well. I believe in – I'm an anti-authority person. Yeah. And authority, the reason for that is authority t- tries to tell us how to live our lives. Mm-hmm. So – it's not because I'm anti-authority. I just don't like being anyone trying to tell us how to prescribe or prescribing to us how we live our lives, what we believe in, uh, what we feel comfortable with, how we want to be seen. And I've just basically, and I've got that from my parents and I've basically extended that now to be inclusive and I'm not trying to be cool. I'm just, I inc- I'm inclusive of everybody. I don't mm. give a shit how you want to live your life mm. or what you want to call yourself or what you want me to call you. Just as long as I understand it, Yep. And then I tune into it. So, and I think that, and I'm, I'm only talking about me to answer your question. I don't know how, how other guys do it. Um, but for me, it's it's a natural thing. Um, it's about remaining relevant with the way society is changing mm-hmm. in relation to what it is that they expect from me. And uh, I'm learning all the time and I do fuck up. I make heaps of mistakes. I'm, I'm always making errors all the time. But the good part about it is I'm learning and um, and I'm open to learning about the way other people like to be seen and how they like to be addressed, how they like to be respected and how ultimately how they like to be dealt with. That's it's. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. At my age, like I'm in my mid-60s now, or three more years and I'll be 70. And for me, it's cool to make sure that I stay ahead of the game. That's Absolutely, what I want to yeah. do. I want to stay ahead of the game and therefore I can't push against momentum. Mm. you just got to accept the way things are, whether it's religion, race, creed, gender. Who cares? I, I totally agree with you. Who, who cares? cares? Respect everyone yeah. who, who deserves your respect. Yeah, oh, totally. If they're, yeah. if they're an asshole, forget it, they get nothing. But if they're nice towards me and, and you know, they're – respectful, I'm equally going to be the same back to mm. them. Whatever that, whatever their go is, I don't care. Bob, thanks very much. That was Thank really you. cool. That, I, I think, I think, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by your product, to be honest with you. I've never heard of it before, but that doesn't mean anything because I'm probably not something I've really thought about. But now I have thought about it and I have understood it. It's a product that I will definitely will use because I'm against chemicals. I hate chemicals in my house. 
Love it. I hate it. And uh, I hate the fact that I have to go and buy them because I, I, until now, thought the way you clean something is with bleach or with yeah. um, some surface wipe. And I've even gone around and bought those, those earth products, you know, because mm-hmm. I was thinking there may be better product. I wouldn't have a clue whether it is or isn't. It's just a good, well-branded and it's got a good name on it. But if I didn't have to use any chemicals at all or le- less chemicals, I'm 100% in favour of that. When you were talking to me, so it's funny, i got dogs and uh, I was cleaning at the back of the side of my house where the dogs hang out when I'm not there, when I, whilst I'm at work and, of course, I go to the toilet there. And I don't like the idea of it. So I bought uh, bleach, uh, uh, chlorine crystals, yeah. you know, like a little little things that you put in your pool. And I spread it on the weekend. I spread it around everywhere. <gasps> and, my God, like it was getting up my nose. I was feeling sick. I was thinking there must be I – mean, not. I don't think that one of these is going to clean it but because it's, it's dog shit everywhere. But, but the point is um, the effect of chemicals on us are really bad. And um, and I remembered when I was a kid, and I used to swim and I used to do I used to do swimming training mm-hmm. a lot. Not like your son, but I, I didn't do it because of asthma. I just did it because my mum wanted me to. <laughs> we others have a lot to yeah. answer for. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but today I can't swim in a pool because I've become allergic to chlorine, mm. and it sort of has this mad effect on me, and I get all that allergies and stuff like that. So I'm big on what you're promoting. Thank you. I love this product. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance, Simon McDermott. This is a Mentored Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.